believe me. You coward. You have Neelix. You think that he would know the good planets to go to? <laughs> we need more. We need more. Welcome to Displaced in Space, a Star Trek Voyager podcast. I'm Angelina. And I'm Sam. And we're recapping the series as we watch each episode for the first time. We don't know what happens to the characters or whether the crew even gets home, but we're definitely along for the ride. And today we're talking about the episode titled The Shoot. It's season three, episode three. It was written by Kenneth Biller and Clavon C. Davis. And directed by Les Landau. It first aired September 18th, 1996 to 4.3 million homes. IMDb says this is the one where convicted of a crime they didn't commit, Harry and Tom wind up in an unsupervised crowded prison. A hellhole where implants ramp up everyone's aggression. I say this is the one where Tom Paris overacts like Nicolas Cage. All right, so let's get to it. We start off in, we don't know it's a prison necessarily, but it's a very uh, sort of like a claustrophobic area with, it's all gray and metal and dirty and dingy. And it reminds me of Mad Max is what the the whole, the whole, like the whole situation is very Mad Max-y. Right. Only like underground. So it's like, I would say it's like a, a... in between, like, Mad Max and 12 Monkeys. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about 12 Monkeys when we first started watching mm-hmm. it, too. That's right. Yeah, that that whole setting of just, like, a subterranean, uh, as IMDb called it, hellhole. Yeah, and they kind of yeah. look like like uh, bikers a little bit. Like, like uh, muted, muted bikers. Well, yeah, everyone that, that is in this prison, yeah, they've got just greasy, dirty hair. Yeah. They're dirty. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll find out why in a moment here. Um, the first thing we see though is, is this shoot, hence the name of the episode. This shoot opens up, um, and Harry Kim in dirty civilian clothing comes flying down it and hits the ground and he's surrounded by a variety of ruffians, the, yeah. the biker folks that Angelina was talking about. And they take turns assaulting him because he's the new guy. Until he's thrust into the chest of Tom Paris. Yes. And surprisingly, though, Paris slugs him as well. <laughs> so we're going, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. And that's a good point for the theme music to come on. It's a pretty short opening when you think about it. It's all you need is just mm-hmm. Harry Kim flying down a mysterious <laughs> chute, uh, being assaulted, and then punched by Tom Paris. Uh, I am intrigued. Yes. So a ruffian sticks his claim to Kim and begins to drag him away to do God knows what with him. <laughs> and uh, Kim protests, so the man slaps him and like kim looks like pretty shell-shocked he's like i don't know what's happening I will, i'm starfleet you, <laughs> when you brought up uh doing god knows what with him there's a lot of that in this episode where like he's mine he belongs to me the yeah, prisoners like, just kind of yeah they, they lay claim to whole people but they don't i'm sure this was airing at eight o'clock on upn or whatever so they don't really get into explicitly why, why or what they're going to do right with them. what, Other than what your like ownership of that shoes, person yeah. um, um possibly permits you, you to do in yeah. this in this strange setting yeah so after kim protests and he's slapped to the floor paris steps in and claims kim because kim is the reason paris is here um, and then he gives a great exposition to all of these ruffians so that we all know also what happened. So apparently they're on, they are in prison because, what is it? Some kind of a, some kind of a bombing. Yeah. They, they participated yeah. or they led a bombing. Um, that killed 47 people. Um, and that Kim confessed and snitched on Paris. So Par- Kim belongs to Paris. Um, but of course the man isn't persuaded, so Paris has to go and like put a knife to his throat. And again, all of this is like heavily overacted. So I'm like, man, I gave him best actor award last season, and then but three episodes in, he's over here acting like Nicolas Cage. Like you're like, man, <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna uh, start at the bottom and he's gonna work his way up. <laughs> um, 
Anyway, so he puts the knife to the guy's throat, and so the man agrees to let Paris have Kim, but only for now, so. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. And now I bet you... Foreshadowing. Definitely, yeah. Um, I bet you a lot of the people listening to this podcast already knew this about the number 47, Mm -hmm. and um, I didn't know, though, that that they use the, the... the number 47 so often on Star Trek as like an inside joke. Yeah. Um, I would like, I would have hoped it would have been funnier. No, I'm <laughs> it's that's why it's an inside joke. It's yeah. funny to them. We oh, don't yeah, get it. Okay. But I just, I, but I did notice on my own that man, that number comes up a lot. 47. Yeah. And I remember it happened two times in one episode, I think with the doctor at 47. And I, and I finally, this was the episode that, that broke it? the camel's back. <laughs> yeah. Where I said, I have to look this up. Why is 47 exactly come up a lot? And yeah, it's, it's an inside joke on, on their part. So that's settled. I can die happy now. Now that you know. Yeah. Um, elsewhere in the prison, Paris tells Kim that he had to hit him because no one can be perceived as soft in this prison. And I don't think Kim needed to be told that or or hit in order to find that out. To figure didn't, that one didn't out. look like a whole lot of soft people in the prison. No. They're all they're all mangy and dirty and foul mouthed and mean. So and, and it goes back to like Tom Paris can hand, do his handle his own because he he's been there for a couple of days and he's already you know, staked out a little spot for himself, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah. Um, and it sounds like they, he and Kim were on shore leave? Now, they definitely don't go into that very much in this episode. I guess the whole, the whole crew, I guess we can assume, went down to this planet on shore leave, but it was Paris and Kim that got caught up in this bombing situation. And was, the they thing were actually is- present... When the bombing that killed 47 people happened, but uh, and then they got blamed for it. It seems like such a crazy thing to me because, like, there's so many authoritarian governments in this district, <laughs> right. or, like, in the Delta Quadrant. And, like, I remember that pleasure. Remember the pleasure planet from TNG? Um, Riza? No, uh, the one where like uh, with oh the, the very yeah early on the the yeah I don't remember what the, the justice episode I yeah think it was like called? they yeah. had sent scouts down to that pleasure um, planet um, before and then like <laughs> scouted it out made sure that it was a good time for everybody and that it wasn't dangerous I mean it turned into danger for them yeah but like overall it was like super wonderful and pleasant but this whole society does not seem like it would be like yes let's all do short leave here also like you have neelix like you think that he would know like the good planets to go to <laughs> that's yeah like that's sicaria really makes sense the yeah. sicarians make sense like they they didn't realize that they're gonna jump into danger there either but like that made more sense but like Shore leave with these people? Yeah, that's true. There's like apparently there's a terrorist situation. Yeah. Not that you can't have a place that's a tourist destination and also have a terrorism problem, I guess. Yeah. But But everything about this government. Right. The it. the ambassador later, he's just outwardly mean yeah. and cruel. And then just yeah, he, he wears his fascism on his sleeve. sleeve. Yeah. yeah. Everyone can see it. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, is surely that important? important? Yeah. I mean, I could say that, you know, from a position of privilege, I guess, because I'm not stranded away from home, but yeah. yeah. It's like you've got that holodeck. Just just go use that. Yeah. 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 So um Kim wants to tell the prison guards that there's been a mistake. And Paris is like, there aren't any prison guards. They, they, the, and this, this society, they're called the, uh, or this race or whatever, they're called the, um, Acritarians. Yeah. Acritarians. And the, the other Acritarians in the prison have told uh, Paris that they believe that the prison is 300 meters underground. So, they were 300 meters underground and there were no guards. The Paris says they just figured everything will just kind of take care of itself they're under, down there. They're trapped underground. Yeah. They can do. Yeah. And then, um, so this whole time Paris has, has given Kim water and Kim asks for more water and Paris just loses his shit. Yeah. And um, says, what do you think this is? A hotel? You know? Again, overacting. Yeah, he really does because they're asking him to 
act volatile, and we find out it's because of this this clamp. device called the clamp that is implanted in their skulls. And um, there's no taking it out. He saw he saw people try that, and he he's led to believe that it would kill them to try to take it out. Uh, Paris wants to try to escape, and Kim, of course, agrees. And then he he makes sure to tell um, Paris that the next time he takes a swing at him, Kim's hitting back. I'm like, okay. I'm like oh, whatever. Kim's over there pretending to be hard, <laughs> but he's not. I'm like, yeah. oh, no one believes Harry Kim. Yeah. Um. It does get a, a smile out of Paris, though. Yeah, that's true. And then an alarm goes off, and uh, food comes down. I missed it the first time. I, I wrote down slop, but it turns out it's, it looks like bricks. Like cake. Like cake. Like, like I thought it was like graham crackers. That is what I mean. Yeah. Like, gram, like big, thick, like compressed graham crackers. Yeah. Um, and that's what comes down to shoot this time. And all the prisoners go, and they fight over it. And one man reaches up into the chute because he's like, oh, we need more, we need more. And he gets like hit with a force field. So we yeah. know that you can't just go climbing up the chute. And then another prisoner has some food and he gets stabbed by this guy uh, for he's his like, food. Yeah, he, like his throat gets slit. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the guy, and then the guy takes his food and he's like, oh, I don't think he was going to need it anymore. Um, and it turns out that, that the guy who did the stabbing, we're going to call him the weirdo. I think he had, I'm assuming he had a name in this episode, but I never caught it. Did you ever catch it? At the end, but then I forgot what it was. Right, yeah. Harry Kim Zeron said it at the end or something. Or something. Yeah. Or something yeah. Anyway, we're going to call him the weirdo. So yeah. there's a weirdo running around who will just stab you for your food. So then we go to the bridge. And so this is where we see Voyager and Janeway. Um, and they are waiting around for Paris and Kim, who are still missing. Um, and the Aquitarians won't confirm whether they were killed in the bombing, um, or what was going on. And, but Tuvok cannot detect either Harry Kim or Tom Paris or their, you know, um... Oh, their comm badges? Comm badges yeah. on the planet. Um, the Aquitarian, then all of a sudden, Aquitarian ambassador hails them, and he lets them know that Paris and Harry Kim were convicted of the bombing because they had re- this was like really a reach. And this is where, you know, it's authoritarian yeah. because they had residue of the bombing material, which is trilithium on them. So they must be guilty because Voyager uses dilithium and it can be converted. So, of course, vo- the Aquitarians think that the Voyager is helping the terrorists. Um, and now that they know it's true, they put them in prison. Um, and he's going to try to board Voyager, but really he doesn't really want to board Voyager. He just wants them out of his hair because this is how he stamps down terrorism by just like willy nilly throwing people in prison. Just fear. Yeah. 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 Um, so, um, every, he's like, if you don't leave, essentially if he he threatens them that if they don't leave, they're going to be impounded and the whole crew is going to be under arrest. Um, when Genway says that they won't be boarded, the Aquitarians fire, and so of course Voyager leaves, which is exactly what the Aquitarians want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was a good job on Janeway's part. Not she's she's very consistent about that. She never wants to Hurt. start a fight. Right. She doesn't want to make a fight worse. No. Um. Even though sometimes, like they, I don't even know if they necessarily have the superior firepower. No, it doesn't matter. It's yeah. not like, oh, we don't want to go and just murder all these people. No, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's just generally she's not trying to go around picking fights with everybody. No. Back in the prison, Kim's feeling agitated by the clamp now, and Paris can tell. Mm-hmm. And so they try to fight fight it off by thinking of food. And it's like a common yeah. theme throughout this episode. That's what they do to refocus their thoughts is they start naming off types of dishes that they'd like to eat or that they will eat when they get free yeah um kim tried to find an escape route but there was nothing and the chute must be the only way out but it has that force field and then paris he he went around and he found a pipe with the hopes that kim could gather some wiring and use it to rig a device to get them out. They keep they call it a pipe, but it's more than a pipe, right? Yeah, well, inside because the pipe is wiring. So it's like yeah. they got this wiring machinery from somewhere. Because I was watching this episode, and I was like, I don't think I know everything I thought I knew about pipes. No, it's like a specialty <laughs> pipe. Yeah, it's like a pipe is just a blunt instrument with 
a hollow center, basically. (laughs) But this one is a very special pipe. No one, everyone wants the pipe, and no one will give up the pipe. Yeah. Yeah. In the conference room, they're trying to figure out what to do. Um, they, of course, the Aquatarians didn't follow Voyager because they had who they wanted in prison and they just don't want to deal with it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Torres wants to go back and get Kit Paris and Kim out. And you're like, who does she want to get out more? Power Team A, Kim, or you know, her possible <laughs> her, love interest, yeah. Paris? No, I kidding. think I think both. All her eggs are in that basket. And it's super funny because um, Janeway's like. Um, Tor- t- like she admonishes Taurus to like not be so emotional. <laughs> yeah, and so that was pretty. Cool. I know, I was so like, Balana. Like, not now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then January, she's like, "We need to focus on proving their innocence." So Jacote says Voyager is the only ship that uses dilithium in the sector, but Taurus considers paralithium, which can also be converted into trilithium. This is the first time I've heard of paralithium on Star yeah. Trek, but it may not be the first time it was. Referenced, yeah. yeah. Jeremy wants to log the logs to check for ships that came and went while Voyager was near the planet. All right, so yeah, they're gonna try to prove their innocence. A lot of good that's gonna do in a fascist society. Exactly. In the prison, Kim is busy rigging his device, his pipe, near the chute while Paris keeps lookout. And Kim's struggling though, and he's starting to kind of lose it again. So they focus their thoughts on food again. And this time they're trying to one-up each other with ideas for meals. Um, And then finally, Kim tries his device. He attaches it to the chute, whatever that's supposed to do. But it, like, short circuits. It throws him across the room. And right about then, that that ruffian from uh, the beginning of the episode, he's back to call dibs on Kim. And he's got a gang with him. And he and Paris get into a knife fight. And Paris ends up taking a blade right to the, about the kidney, right? Yeah, it looks, yeah. Like, it looks like the kidney. Yeah. Not a good... He, he's bleeding already. He's instantly in, like, shock. Yeah. Um, Kim sees this. He's being held back most of this time, but he fights his way out. And then he starts uh, swinging his pipe wildly. Doesn't hit a single person. Away. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> that would have killed them. Um and then another prisoner, and this is the one who, who killed the man for food earlier. Yeah, the big weirdo. Yeah, the one we're calling the weirdo. Uh, he appears and tells Kim that Paris is in a bad way. He really needs help. And then um, Kim's uh, trying to uh, walk away with Paris. You know, he's like got him slung over his shoulder kind of. And and the weirdo asks Kim uh, how much he wants for Paris's boots. Or what does he want for Paris's boots? So Paris is a dead man hobbling. Yeah. Um, so um Paris know as he's go as Kim is walking, um, Paris knows he's hurt um really bad and of course he makes Kim promise to save himself rather than worry about Paris. Um and like Harry Kim's not listening to that. He's like, nah. No, we're not there yeah. yet. And then they go to their little squatter area, and other prisoners have taken over their area. So now Carrie Kim has no place to take They've got Paris. nowhere to go. Harry, Tom Paris is bleeding out. Yeah, it's yeah. really good, bad. It's so like, it's like it feels like uh, Harry Kim has to grow up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it is very dire and, and depressing, yeah. which may, may affect my grade yeah. <laughs> this episode, but it is all so just. Now, now you've got Tom Paris just dying and facing his his demise, you know? and like of course yeah. Tom Paris is like, "No, let me die, leave me." Yeah, I will <laughs> say that. Yeah, save he, yourself. <laughs> he does that a lot though, and we mentioned it when we were watching it that at least now he's not doing the whole like, "Ah, uh, piece of crap in life yeah. anyway." Who's gonna Who's gonna miss old Tom Paris yeah. anyway? What does the universe need with just another uh, scoundrel like me? You yeah, know? exactly. So. Um, Kim goes, I guess, to the first place he could think of, which is the weirdo's little living area. Well, because he can barter. Mm-hmm. And he shows up with Paris, and he offers almost everything that he has just yes. to let them stay with him and maybe Buy get some, some food. food. Yeah. yeah. And the weirdo, though, he only wants Kim's pipe, and that's the one thing Kim refuses to part with, because that's, he thinks, their ticket out of the prison. Yeah. Um... Kim says, I can't, I can't let you have that, but I, when we escape, I'll let you come with us. Mm-hmm. And the weirdo, he doesn't really believe that Kim can get them out because he says he's been there for six years and there's no way out. Yeah. Um, but he's intrigued enough that he's going he's gonna to try to play this out. 
But he tells Kim, if you're lying, then I'll kill you. <laughs> so a good ally to have. <laughs> yeah. On the bridge, Voyager is still trying to pursue everyone who has paralithium traces. And this is their fourth vessel. The first three didn't create explosives. Um, they held the fourth one, which is an Equitarian cargo vessel. The occupants are a young man and a young woman. Janeway explains exactly what she's doing. And um, they're, um, and the pair threatened Voyager if they try to come onto their ship. Um, then hang up on them. So clearly these are the people that they're yeah. looking for. But, well, but it's interesting, though. I thought it was interesting that... The Akritarians had their tactics to Voyager, and Voyager's like, "Oh, of course not. We're a sovereign ship. You can't. You're not just going to come on our ship and yeah. and board start, us. Yeah, yeah, board us and investigate us for things that we didn't do." And then Voyager goes and finds this little cargo ship, and they're like, "Let us come on your ship, and we're going to investigate you, even though we have no jurisdiction, and you're theoretically a sovereign ship." Yeah, and they're like. Go to hell, and Voyager's like, "Oh hell no! You don't tell us go to hell." But like you told the Equitarians go to hell, yeah. So, and it's like, well, this I, it's, is pretty questionable what they did. Like, right? Like, mm, do they have the right to do this? I mean, when they don't, they don't really. I don't think they're directly or explicitly trying to point out that like parallel, you know. But yeah. it just happens in the episode. episode they yeah. go and turn around and do the exact same thing. That this authoritarian government was doing to them yeah. in order to get the answers that they want. So the only difference is, as we find out later, the Acritarians essentially did. don't give a crap if yeah. Paris and Kim did yeah. it or not. Exactly. Whereas Janeway would want to find the actual uh, yeah. bombers. Yes. Yeah. Um Torres lets them know that she has evidence that these two did make the bomb. So Janeway essentially kidnaps them by mm -hmm. beaming them onto Voyager, which is nice because that's like, I think that's one of the technology, technological advances that no one else in the Delta Quadrant has. the transporter has. technology. Yeah, yeah, the transporter technology. Be, yeah, that's true. The, so it's like they're ace in the, ace in the hole. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think only the Sicarians had it and, and they but had it, was it a, to a planet. Yeah. yeah, exactly. A much different degree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's totally what they did. They wouldn't have liked it if the Akritarians had just beamed them yeah. <laughs> onto their planet and then stolen their ship, you know? But then they went and did that to these two people. Yeah. And then we we follow up on that in the conference room. Um, Janeway's in there and the security team tosses the two occupants of the cargo ship in front of Janeway. So it's a young man and I believe his name was Vel. Yeah, and in a young woman that's his sister, and I can't, re I, I didn't really catch her name. They said it one time, um, and and writers of Star Trek and folks at UPN, if if you want me to remember these names, you have to say them more than once because <laughs> I will miss them because I miss so many things. So, just a heads up for the next episode. Um, Janeway asks them what what they know about the terrorist group called Open Sky. So that's the group that's hounding the Acritarians, I guess. And the young woman says the group aren't terrorists, they're heroes. It's like, oh, she she is young, and so she's brash, nah. and she has a terrible, like, poker face, and she basically gives away like, all the information yeah. that her older brother doesn't want her to, yeah, immediately. Uh, the young man, indeed, he tells, uh, he tells her to stay quiet, and then Tuvok arrives, and he says explosives were indeed produced on their cargo ship. Um, so Janeway has them sent to the brig, uh, but the young man stops and he, he says, well, let my sister go because she's only 14. And if she goes to the Acritarian prison, she'll never get out. But the, uh, the young woman, she thinks that Voyager can maybe help because their brigade has located the maximum security prison and Voyager could attack it and free her people, uh, for, you know, free Janeway's people. Um, Janeway's like, ah, we don't really do things like that. We're going to try to negotiate our people well, no, free. We don't do things like that yet. <laughs> exactly, yeah. <laughs> well, no, and we're basically... Like, yeah, they, we, have, we have standards until we don't? They still... They're still a little more um, sly about it, I guess, when yeah. they ultimately do it. But yeah, it's just still essentially by force. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But this little girl calls her out. She's yeah. like, you coward. And Janeway... Totally takes that the wrong way. She gives the little girl a look like, what? Like, how dare you? You know what I mean? And then she's like, offers them one last bath before yeah, they have to go to prison. Basically, so yeah, she's like, give them a bath, give them some food. 
Um, um, and then we'll, you know, we'll deal with them. So, yeah, it was a pretty good scene. I kind of liked that scene, even though the little girl just gave away everything. Yeah. But sometimes that happens. I, I, I teach at a middle school and they certainly aren't, um, clever, um, um, uh, when they're when they're doing things they shouldn't be doing, you know, Not and a lot of huge. no, yeah, and you, and I'm surprised that some. I mean, I'd still say seventy percent of the time they just deny that anything happened, um, but the other thirty percent of the time they just they're out with it. Everything they just tell you everything plus things that maybe you didn't even think they were <laughs> they, that they had they did? had done. Yeah, you didn't see them do so. That is that is pretty consistent uh, with young people, I guess. So go back to the prison, and Kim has uh, Paris all settled nice in the little living area, um, and he's going to go try the chute, um, try to like uh, take down the chute so that he can go up the chute. And um, Paris reminds him of the deal he wants Kim to make. If he's able to leave, just leave him behind. Paris, is, Paris wants to be left behind um, if he needs to be. Kim never commits to it, um, and then the weirdo urges Kim back to the chute so they can work on their escape. And while they're there... Kim is struggling with the device again, um, but the weirdo, he's he's got like this sort of um, like new agey vibe, right? Like, like he's well, like, like, he's like a, men- well, he's been there for six years. And so like, you need to focus on something if you're going to be able to be there or that alive. But like anyone who has a manifesto, you're like, oh, well, yeah, that's the thing. Cause it's beyond that. Like he's, yeah. he's, he's definitely crazy, uh-huh. but he's not, um, like erratic no, so much or volatile not, yeah not like everybody else is so he was able he's to got like, like a channel. piece about him yeah. yeah kind of like yeah he's trying to like you have to meditate you have to be like get away from the aggression that's what he's trying to tell kim yeah because he yeah. thinks he or he's pretty sure that kim only fills this agitation because of the clamp well, so yeah, he needs he to does, overcome yeah. the clamp and the weirdo he's got plenty of thoughts about the clamp and he, and like you said, he has a manifesto that he wrote about the clamp. Yeah. And he gives us a little, a little taste of it because he believes the prison is an experiment, pitting the prisoners against each other like animals. Uh-huh. Um, and the way around that whole setup would be if the prisoners cooperate with each other. Right. So the clamp makes sure that that won't happen. That they're always kind of on edge and right. at each other's throats. Yeah. Um, and, and also, like the the clamp probably makes like. Uh, deals with the population because you if you kill everybody well like between starving and like uh killing people like that keeps your population low right which goes back to what paris was saying they don't need guards right they just yeah eventually people will kill each other off and you just throw enough food down there you know to sort of say that you're keeping people alive um and and the uh the weirdo he says this is all sort of a work in progress. He knows there's more to the clamp than that. Um, and then he gets very, like, messianic about it. And it's pretty cool. I, I did spot this, like, right away. And I guess it would be probably pretty obvious to anyone watching. But so the clamp, I mean, sorry, the chute um, has this really cool, like, red light. Mm-hmm. And it's always sort of in the center of every shot. Yeah. You almost can imagine that the prison set is like, um, if you were watching a, a stage play. Yeah. And the shoot would be like the centerpiece Piece of the stage. Yeah, yeah, that everything sort of revolves around and it's and it's this really cool light but also it's sort of menacing looking. Um it's kind of like if Hal from uh Space Odyssey 2001 Space Odyssey was much bigger, you know, the little light that represented Hal. Mm-hmm. Um and and when the uh the weirdos sort of giving this speech, they make sure to position him so that the light from the shoot is shining behind him and it looks like halo. Right. Right? Uh-huh. Like especially in the old the, the the old paintings where the halo was like not like this little like intangible you know circle of light but like a big like ring, you know what I'm talking about? Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's like, oh, this person um is a saint or whatever, so they get this giant like ring. it looks like yeah. a part of their clothing, yeah, right. to us now. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of what, what the weirdo has behind him. So I, I really like that. I thought that was really cool. He says, uh, the other prisoners don't come near him because he knows the truth. Uh, and it's like, no, the other prisoners don't come near you because you're weird even you for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, not like with aggression. <laughs> yeah. And then he tells Kim the ultimate purpose of the clamp is to control the prison population by making the prisoners kill each other off. Uh, but if Kim can overcome the effects of the clamp, like the weirdo thinks he has, then he'll survive. Um, and as, as he's going through all this, Kim's back there. He's still working. And he finally gets his device to work. And the force field is no longer active. So Kim and the weirdo, they're able to climb up the chute. But they find that it only leads to an airlock straight out into space. So they're not dun, underground dun, at dun. all. They're in space. So that, I'd say this that was, was a cool moment. I think yeah. it's the coolest moment of the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> no. You find out like they're not 300 feet underground. They're actually like in on in, in space. space. And the way they shot, it's just the director or whoever was putting all this together was was they they had eaten their wheaties this morning because between the shot of the the weirdo with the halo, halo behind him and then climbing up the chute and then yeah, sort of panning good. out from the outside of the window to to reveal that we're just in the middle of space and there's no hope for them to escape yeah. that's very very good i take it back though it's not the best shot cuz there's a there's there's one really cool one later oh yeah you know what i'm talking about yes, yeah <laughs> Um, so then we're back in prison, and so Kim has returned to Paris in their living area. Paris was asleep, but Kim had accidentally woken them up, and um, I guess it was, it's like a really tender, like intimate moment because Paris asked about the shoot, um, and but Kim just doesn't have the uh, he just can't break his heart the way that the way that it is with him like that. So he only tells Paris to keep hanging in there because they're so close to escaping, and so like it's a really like yeah tender moment and um there's like this interesting um writing on the wall street journal about like right now um you know societal problems with men and um they that men aren't having in in the united states as much sex as they used to or should it's like a really weird entitlement movement and then people on twitter kind of like got on to this weird thing about like the right to sex or whatever but um, Trevor Noah, the Daily Show person, he actually made a really good point where, like, in America, we don't – we have, like, that toxic masculinity, and we don't – men aren't allowed to be, like – to, like, just say, like, to go up to another man and say, like, I need a hug or, like, to be – like intimate or like close to another man in that way. And the only acceptable kind of form of intimacy that um, a lot of men have access to is like sex and that's it, Mm -hmm. which, you know, brings in like uh, the aggression problem that a lot of American men have. And like, again, just all that stuff that's wrapped up in that toxic masculinity. And at the end of it, he was pretty much, and it's just like, it's an opinion. You know, all of this is an opinion. (laughs) But, like, um, that if we could just model, like, men having close friendships, like, vulnerable friendships with other men, that maybe some of those aggression problems would, would go away. Right. Um, and we do have listeners in other in, countries. in other countries, for sure. I just I feel like as many as we have in the United States. <laughs> yeah. So, um, maybe just sort of explore that idea. You know, what, what did the... Um, relationships between men look like where you live you know yeah. is it is it very um standoffish when it comes to physical touch yeah can that like i feel like in america that physical touch is allowed we were just watching a basketball game and you said oh well look but they get to like pat each other on the back and but it's wrapped like up that. in that aggression in the aggression of it's like because sports, sports is like yeah. the it's like a stand-in for war essentially yeah. uh, and i'm sure that's not unique to the united states you know, and so it's a bonding thing, you know, but those same two guys that we just saw, you know, engage in a lot of physical touch are going to go out and celebrate with a drink afterward. And only when they get really drunk, will they again dive into their emotions and feelings about each other. And then that's when you see that embarrassing. Well, yeah. And from the outside, their perspective though, it's, it's embarrassing to watch two drunk men gushing about how much they love each other. But it's also really sad because it's like, that's the only time they feel safe to mm -hmm. do that. That's what it takes for them to feel like they can open up is when a, they're probably not going to remember it and B, they're not in any great position to be expressing their feelings because they're drunk or high or whatever. Uh Um, 
Yeah, I mean, when you told me that thing about what Trevor Noah said, that felt on point. And then, yeah, to kind of see it here, like, just a few days later where Kim lays down next to Paris as, like, a... Like again, like I'm a, I'm an American male, so I think of it as like that's how uh, a married couple lays down, you know. But it, yeah, but it's no, you can. What would the world be like if men just felt like they could do that? Yeah, in, in the United States, because I know there are are places where men are allowed to do that. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's culturally acceptable, whereas here it isn't as much. And it's just very cool because it's like in the '90s, and this is where like I've always liked the Tom Paris and Kim and Harry Kim friendship, and like I never like I sometimes you know participate in Hoye, but like this one this relationship never read Hoye to me and so like i can always just see it as like this deep friendship strictly friends yeah. um and like just to see that and it is so powerful like from the 90s here's this moment this vulnerable moment between yeah. these two men like and like too bad we don't have more of that yeah. in the united states right that isn't like couched in like um you know, I mean, we have a, we need to see a lot of different representations of love and what love looks like and like, you know, um, all of that stuff. But like you could have like straight men having this bond and you can have gay men having like, you know, their love bond, mm-hmm. you know, but like having that that big range of it, how much more free. Um, and I, hopefully I think the younger kids, younger kids are are able to be a little bit more free than like. The older us, like, you know, people who are older had and when they were young. But, you know, you just hope that that's what the case. And in this scene here, too, where where Kim lays down next to Paris in the hands of a different writer who was maybe more influenced by this form of masculinity that we're talking about, the toxic, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. um, or who was more beholden to it because maybe the... the, um, folks at UPN would be like, you can't do this. Like maybe the scene would have been different where Kim is like standing watch outside of their little hut. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to be strong for Paris, you know, or just, just the fact that he never revealed the truth to Paris because he didn't want to, uh, you know, let him down, um, would be him being strong for Paris, but it's like, no, I'm not going to be strong for you. I'm going to be here for you. Yeah. And so he cuddles up next to him, basically. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, it was neat. And uh, maybe I wouldn't have noticed it as much if we hadn't had that conversation about that article that you had read, but yeah, yeah, it was, it was very cool. Um, It was a cool moment. One of the better moments of the episode. Yeah. This is, this, this is tied with my favorite and there, I'll tell you the favorite at the end. But um, it, it just that was a beautiful moment, and I might not have even registered mm-hmm. it if we hadn't, if I, if like this past week hadn't um, had that like you know all that conversation about like uh, toxic masculinity and like what intimacy does look like between like four men in the United States and how just barren it is unless you are lucky enough to have like a girlfriend or a wife. Right. Whatever, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and when we say intimacy, I mean what I'm thinking of is like closeness. yeah, just physical touch. Yeah, close and not. Romantic or anything like that, but just like I, because think about we see it in like popular culture all the time. Like a girl is just broken up with her significant other, goes over to her girlfriend's house, and a girlfriend takes her in, maybe holds her. She's in her lap. She's petting her hair. She's crying. She's wiping her tears. Two men are in a similar situation, and that is not happening at all. It's like, oh, come on in, buddy. Come sit down. Grab my beer. Yeah. Buy him a beer, whatever. That's yeah. that's what that same scenario it would look like, like between a, a man's perspective and a woman's perspective. Yeah, yeah. And so like, I mean, I don't think we're making too much of it. Like that yeah. is really what would happen. And if it was say Janeway and Torres in this situation, the way they're trapped in the prison, you wouldn't. You'd say, oh, yeah, of course, Janeway lays next to Torres, or Torres lays next to Janeway because yeah. they're two women, and that's what women do to help each other through an emotional time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's why it really stood out to us. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think so too. Yeah. But then um the moment is ruined because Paris is getting worse. Um mm-hmm. he can't remember that he got stabbed. He goes crazy and blames Kim for stabbing him and he nearly hits Kim with the pipe, but Kim's able to talk him up into giving the the pipe to him. 
Uh, Paris is distraught and Kim insists he'll be okay. And this is where you're like, oh no, poor Paris. Because before his dance was like, if you need to leave me, if you need to leave me. Um, And now you know it's turning because he's like, don't leave me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you're like, oh man, that's so... It it felt a lot like um, when you hear about stories of like parents who are maybe, you know, succumb to um, Dementia. dementia or something. Yeah, where it's like... But in this case, it's like Paris. It's between between his um, injury and, and the, clamp. the clamp. Like yeah. he's got all kind. Of, he's torn a million different ways, which is making it hard for Kim. You know, yeah. who's seeing his best friend deteriorate. Like somebody might see their parent. Well, not only that, but like of the two, Paris was the stronger one. Like, yeah, especially in yeah. these situations, mm-hmm. um, he's the one that Kim looks to for guidance. Mm-hmm. Um, even up to this point, like up to this point, like Paris was the lead. Paris like the took big control. Brother yeah, whatever. the big brother. Yeah. And now Kim has to be there for Tom Paris, and he has to be the strong one. So then you see, kind of like the you know that and that's always rough too. Yeah, um, he's gonna adopt that role now. Yeah, but. Um, Kim lays next to him as they clasp hands, and then we just hear a bunch of prisoners laughing, and you're like, ugh, what a terrible, terrible depressing Right, they, and they made sure to, like, <laughs> sort of zoom in on Kim's face as he's hearing that their surroundings, and it's like, yeah. this is, this is the low point for him in no, the No, no, it gets lower, but... Oh, that's true, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Later on, the the weirdo comes to them and he asks Kim if, if Paris is dead yet. Yeah. And Kim tells him to shut up. And then um, Kim starts talking to himself. So the clamp's really what, starting to take its effect it. on him. Yeah. And he's being more erratic. Uh, he's trying to devise a way out. Um, the weirdo ignores Kim's idea and instead he offers to let Kim read his manifesto. It's It all gets really chaotic here. Like Everyone's doing something different. Kim's thinking through How his to, plan yeah. but you can also tell he's he's under the influence of the clamp so it's coming out a lot more um like like rapidly yeah the the weirdo is all he's trying manifesto. to get and he's trying to get to he's trying to mentor kim yeah exactly like movement. and yeah. then and then just all the other goings on at the prison are happening too all around kim and they're and they're doing like a um, like a handheld camera thing or whatever, so they could follow follow Kim around as he's. Or again, it's also it's a, it's a pretty cool choice right. as far yeah. as the 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 camera work goes, um, and this is the way they lay out the scene. And um, Kim goes off on the weirdo, and he asks if he's going to help or not. And the weirdo says, uh, if he were like the others, he'd kill Kim, right? For just talking back to him like that, basically. And uh, Kim reacts by telling the rest of the prisoners that he's been inside the chute and they can escape if they cooperate. And they laugh at him because he does sound like uh, like a street corner, you know, Crazy wackadoo guy. Yeah. Well, and, like he tells them, they're like, well, where are we? And he's like, out in space. And they're like, oh. and they're like ah, baloney, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so they start to throw things at him, yeah. and they're mean old prisoners, so it's not like tomatoes and things, yeah, it's, no. it's like metal chunks yeah. of equipment, and it, finally a wrench hits Kim uh. in the head, and he falls over, and so they're not buying the whole cooperation thing, which mm. totally uh, goes along with what the weirdo was saying, like, yeah. they don't want us to cooperate, that's the only thing they don't want us to do. Yeah, um, and so uh, he goes back to the where the living quarters are, and at this point, Paris is tearing the pipe device <laughs> apart, so Kim doesn't even have that anymore. Just just and because Paris is losing crazy. it, basically. Yeah, yeah, he's going crazy. And then Kim is just angry, and starts beating up Paris, um, and he probably would have killed Paris except for the weirdo who steps in um, and uh, tells Kim to finish him off. And then they go to a commercial break right there because it's like, oh, you, you come back to find out if Harry Kim murders Tom, Tom Paris, Paris in cold blood. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said Kim comes to his senses and the weirdo uh, wonders why. And Kim says Paris is his best friend. And the weirdo says Paris is too far gone to deserve loyalty. And yeah. he's just holding them back because yeah. they're going to be able to escape. 
And because this is where the weirdo has plans for him and for Harry Kim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he wants to distribute his manifesto. That's all this guy really cares, cares about. about. Yeah. Um, gather followers and then trade Paris off. So um, uh, Kim says that he's insane, which that does sound like a pretty insane idea. And the weirdo says that he has to do it if he wants to remain in his living area. So he's got an ultimatum for Kim. Yeah. And... Um, he offers Kim a knife that he can use to kill Paris. And Kim takes a hold of the knife. And they actually, like, give us these tense moments where it's like, oh, man, is Kim thinking about it? But, of course not. He he insists he's not a killer. And he drops the knife. And then, so, the weirdo kicks Kim and Paris out of his hut. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. It actually gets even worse for Harry Kim than before. Yeah. And it's all bad. <laughs> as soon as he as soon as soon he came flying down that chute, it, <laughs> it was, was going to be very depressing. <laughs> So we're on the bridge, and this is where Ambassador Lyria warns Janeway against crossing their border. But Janeway tells him, no, they found the real bombers, but he doesn't care. Yeah. He does not care. He's like, no, Kim and Paris were already tried and convicted, and there's no take-backsies on this planet. <laughs> because guess what? He's more interested in, like, f- the fear and, like, um, trying to stop the terrorists in the tracks mm-hmm. than, like, actually finding out who really did the terrorist attacks. Um. Janeway thinks their policy suck, but Lyra says it is a great deterrent. So Janeway, so they end the call, and this way Janeway was like, well, now, how are we going to get them out? Oh, we know. We will get the terrorists, and they will help us. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much their only choice. You can't blame Janeway yeah. for this. I, I you can't, are... but it's just funny because it's so hypocritical. Oh, you know, it yeah. is. And they're trying to show like what we would call like shades of gray now. These terrible decisions yeah. that she has to, <laughs> to make, make just yeah. to... Just to get home, but it's like, with they all her don't people. really leave you any with choice. With all her people, yeah, exactly. It'd be one thing if Kim and Paris were guilty, and they were like, okay, oh, we'll punish them ourselves, yeah. but yeah, they're they're not guilty, so they need to, <laughs> this, this is a villainous society. Yeah. <laughs> At some true. point, you stop even being, like, authoritarian <laughs> and fascist, and you just become villainous. Yeah. <laughs> um... So in the ready room, they're gonna try to figure out what they're gonna do. The the young man, the 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 male terrorist, he's mm-hmm. kind of smug because he knows that the Ecuadorian snubbed Janeway. Yeah. So Janeway's asking for the information he has about the prison. Yeah. Um, he agrees, but only because she threatens to let him and his sister rot in the Ecuadorian prison. Mm-hmm. Um, but he agrees on the condition that Voyager help free. Other open sky members. So she's other, like, no other deal. terrorists. Yeah. And she's like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> we're not here to free terrorists. Again, it's not that much shades of gray, you know? Um, so, so she kind of like, you know, pulls her own power play and tells uh-huh. Tuvok to prepare to transfer the young man to the Aquatarians. So he gives in. And then Janeway sends him to give the information to Chicote about like where the prison is and what you know what they need to do to get Kim and Paris out. Uh-huh. Tuvok asks Janeway how Voyager plans to get past the Akrotarian patrols once they get back into their mm-hmm. sector. And Janeway's got an idea, and she brings up Neelix's ship, which my ears like perked up for sure. Yeah. I, I know I, I always remember that that ship was is there, there, and yeah. I always think that they should use it for something. Yeah, and. Uh, and all my letter writing to UPN is paid off. Because <laughs> here episode. it is. Yeah. Well, not only that, but also she uh, again. Whenever Janeway gets to be reckless, she gets excited. And even three seasons <laughs> in, after like getting beaten down for all of season two, she still gets pretty excited to go do something crazy and reckless. Well, we talked last episode in flashback about like um, uh, leaving things out of the logs and falsifying yeah. the logs, and now. I always think of that when Jane, or I probably will always think of that when Janeway does this stuff now. It's like, I'm not putting this in the log. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to do something that doesn't make it into the log. So we're in the prison, and one of the old man ruffian wants Paris's clothes, but Kim says, no, this man is my friend. Nobody touches him. Mm-hmm. And the old man gang is about to attack Kim, but then the shoot alarm comes off. Oh, and this is my third this... favorite scene um, of the episode. Cause, third uh, favorite or, like, one, your the favorite that comes... Oh, okay. It's my th- three. So it's the intimate moment between Kim and, your favorite? and Harry Kim. Yeah. 
And then this one, they're all tied. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's three yeah. favorite moments. Okay. Yeah, three favorite moments. Yeah, this is this is what I was talking about—the cool shot. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the shoot alarm goes off, and they're like, "New prisoner!" So the gang runs to the shoot, and the shoot opens up, but it's Janeway with a phaser rifle. She like plows down some people. It was awesome. And the way it was they did so it. So cool. Because I think there was like smoke, right? Yeah. Because like smoke comes through, and then when the smoke clears, like Janeway's right there. She's like, it was nobody like darkness or yeah. something yeah and then like the light comes on and it's Janeway like ah. and she actually hit people with that phaser mm-hmm. rifle and she's like nobody move she's like the A-team like yeah. her, her and Tuvok are the A-team it was so cool uh, Neelix comes in telling them that the Aquitarian chips are coming but he'll try to hold them off while Janeway and Tuvok get Kim and Paris Kim emerges from the throng of prisoners um, to let her know that Paris isn't doing well but he leads Janeway to Paris yeah and then we get to see Neelix's ship, the yeah. inside of his ship, and he's there. So basically, he has like parked or, or or like I don't know what you call it, but attached his ship to that airlock yeah. on uh, uh, that leads to the chute in yeah. the prison. Um, and he tries to pretend like he thought he was like refueling, uh, and the Aquitarians are like, you know, they they're not really falling for it, no. and. Um, uh, Janeway calms in and tells him the rescue team's ready. So um, Neelix tells the Aquitarians that he'll be departing now. Uh, but they're like, they're not falling for this at all. They're like, no, prepare to be boarded. You're, you're up to something. And they hit his ship with a phaser, but he's able to fly his ship away. And, and we see it like, yeah. you know, from the outside, it looks pretty cool. Um, his ship is like, it looks, it looks like a phaser. Like it looks like the little handheld phaser. <laughs> Yeah. That they just kind of painted like brown and turned it into a, a spaceship. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, so it doesn't look like it can really do anything. It looks like a ship that I guess a hoarder would use. Yeah. You know, but That's it exactly got the job done this time. So it, it was a really cute scene. I didn't give it yeah. justice. You just have to watch it. But the, the his little play acting with them. Like, yeah. Oh, I thought I was refueling. This isn't the refueling station? Oh, my. Yeah. So we're in sick bay, and Neelix is over there patting himself on the back. He's like, ha-ha, I, I, I outmaneuvered all those Aquitarians. And then Janeway's like, yes, you did an excellent job piloting. And then he's trying to, like, take Paris's job. It's like, you are the cook. What I mean, I don't know what you want. And the morale officer. And the morale and officer. The, um, and the tracker pers- guy. And the person who knows the everything about the Delta Yeah, concert. yeah. But, yeah, he's like, oh, well, Paris is recuperating. I can... I can take the con or whatever. <laughs> but then the doctor pats himself on the back. He's like, no need. I've already fixed him. Yeah. Excellent doctor. Because of excellent doctoring. <laughs> so Neelix did excellent piloting and the doctor does excellent doctoring. That that, that was really yeah. cool too. Of course, the doctor has like one line yeah. in the whole episode and it's one of the best lines. Yeah. Uh, the doctor also analyzed the clamp implants and found that they did stimulate someone's aggressive tendencies. And Kim realizes that the weirdo's right. And then Kim gets, like, really sad and really down. And Paris knows it, too. So then Paris is like, come on, we all owe ourselves that seven-course meal. Mm-hmm. Let's go eat. To try to cheer uh, Kim up by talking of food. But Kim stops him and confesses that he nearly killed Paris in prison. And this this is where, again, I love the Paris and Harry Kim friendship. Because he's like, I don't remember that. He's like, I remember... Um, you saying he's my friend, everyone leave him alone. You're like, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, he was like very earnest and yeah. And that's where like that's where it is so good because I feel like Kim is so much more judgy than Paris is. And uh Paris is like not a lot of people would do that for him and he'll he's gonna remember that. That's what he remembers. Mm-hmm. And because like again, Paris has a lot of need and Kim is able to meet those needs. And there's also know? like on Paris's part this implied um, we'll never speak of this again. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. like that's just between you and me, and it'll never, it never needs to get brought up. You no, know, I'm, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah, and you need to be okay with it. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, then Kim then allows him to like take care of him and like make him happy. And yeah, so get go food. revert back to their original relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, just a couple of guys on the out. couple of guys in the on the Starship Voyager. <laughs> yeah. And that's how it ends. Neat way. Except you have to kind of explain to me, though, like, see, the ending kind of fell flat for me because I think, like, so, yeah, they said the weirdo was right, but I never got any, if the clamp wasn't doing that, then what was it doing? 
Well, you know what I mean? Yeah, like they, yeah. they, it was almost like they tried to make it seem like there was some ambiguity about the clamp. But there isn't. But we never got an alternative to what the clamp was doing. Like no, no one ever said, no, it's strictly for tracking purposes. You're, or it you're, would blow you. If you try to remove it, it would blow you up. Yeah. It's like you're falling. You're, you're going crazy because um, you're, you're a rat in a cage yeah. right now. Yeah. Like Paris immediately was like, Oh, it's this damn clamp. It's making me crazy. As soon as he, yeah, as soon as it. he appeared, so yeah. I, that was the part where it, was like, it felt anticlimactic. Like Kim, Kim, um, you know, had that look in his eyes, like, like, oh wow, yeah, the clamp really was affecting our. But it was like, tendencies. yes, everyone like, knew that. That was always yeah. It and then the other thing was that yeah. like Kim said it like, oh man, I almost killed you. But I would think it would have the opposite effect. It's like, oh, good. Like, I'm not actually capable of killing my best friend. It's like only when I'm under the influence of this strange device. I think you would be able to kill your best friend. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, there's, that, that's, stuff's happened without a clamp. That's for sure. <laughs> that is for sure. And, and, and we also weren't in prison for any amount of time. Um, yeah, so it's like, oh, that that's a relief. It makes sense, but I still like that. Like, I, well, because I just think Harry Kim is such a judgy little person, you know. And even he'll judge. Like, if you're a judgy, you'll judge yourself too harsher, um, and you're less understanding. And so, like, again, like Tom Paris just had to like, yeah, make him feel better. Make him feel better. About but it. when it comes to the the clamp and the 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 quote unquote revelation about the clamp, which I don't think was a revelation. Well yeah. Um that's... like it's it's so the, the opposite would have had more of an impact. It's if the doctor like had said, Oh, the clamp strictly um prohibited people. movement and yeah. And, and yeah, and made sure that you were still in the prison, it yeah. had no effect on it shouldn't have had any effect on your um psychological status. Sense. Yeah. Then yeah, then Kim has to face the fact that he almost killed his friend because no, that's what happens when he's um when he's being held captive. Yeah, whatever. that's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to rewrite the episode or nothing, but UPN, <laughs> if you need any writers for season four of Star Trek Voyager, let me know. So what did you think of this episode? You know, there were, again, the three, there are three moments I really liked. I really liked the um, scene when they were in the, um, the little shelter and Tom Paris was... Um, going crazy i love that one i loved um janeway coming down the shoot like a badass and that was <laughs> awesome. to, like shooting people out like it was very cool and then i love this last scene where um again you saw like that give and take that really good harry kim tom paris friendship um other than those three things i like there you know there are some fun things like neelix and then like the doctor but for the most part it was such a depressing mm-hmm. depressing one and it did feel like a little bit like yeah they they moved to the Akatarians and the ship, but I felt like that B plot line wasn't like substantial enough, and it was just kind of like in interspersed in weird ways, and so like for the most part I felt like we were watching a one act play. Yeah, like it was like a one act play. What about what if you lived in this kind of society or like you were trapped in this prison, like. All of that, so it just reminded me of a very like you know a, a one act play of someone who like saw Mad Max. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> and let's do this, and twelve monkeys. <laughs> let's do this, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I mean, there was that cool shot too, um, where you find out that they aren't actually underground; they're actually in space. Mm-hmm. So. But the Acritarians weren't, and their society weren't fleshed out to me. They just seemed like characters of of authoritarianism and characters of like that's the second time that happened on voyager too because remember in the i i won't remember the name of the episode but where yeah jane had to pretend to be that that man's daughter yeah Yeah. no that oh it's called resistance yeah resistance um yeah but i feel like those were even better these this seems like a cartoon character those seem like yeah, he was just like, aha, that's the way to deter people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, we just throw innocent people in prison and it all sorts itself out. Yeah. So that was, I mean, the other people threw people in prison that didn't belong in prison either. But I don't know. They didn't, like, 
don't know if we spent more time on that I planet. I think we spent more time so, with like, those characters, yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't quite... So this seemed like, uh, what is it, a cartoon villain. Because this couldn't have any nuances. There's just not enough time. No. Like, it had to be that Paris and Kim were being held um, wrongly you know, or wrongfully. Yeah. yeah. And like that, otherwise you get into a whole, it'd be, the episode would be about something completely different if they even had like a semi just, um, justice system. Like yeah. the, um, ex post facto. Yeah. They, their, their justice system seemed like it had a little bit of nuance when, when Paris got in trouble that time. Yeah. Damn, Paris, Paris doesn't get to go on planets anymore. <laughs> Well, yeah, when he got in trouble that time, is like they weren't, you know, it wasn't that like the the legal system was flawed. Yeah, it was that there was like sabotage. Right. Yeah. This time it was just like, yeah, we throw you in prison. And Forever. Then resistance, same thing. Yeah, we throw people in prison. We're evil. We're just evil. Yeah, yeah for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, or maybe for a reason, we just don't know what that reason is. So. Hmm, it's a hard one because I do like the it highlighted their friendship. I like the um the dynamic started out like how it always is, where Paris was the strong one and and Kim was kind of like the little brother that was getting taken care of, and then at the end it had to be Harry Kim trying to take care of Tom Paris. Like, I get that that was an interesting take on their friendship mm-hmm. too. So I liked that, but I don't know. I would give it an eighty-seven percent, like a B plus. Wow! What? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I didn't think you would have thought it was a B plus. I mean, I'm not telling you to redo your grade or anything. But <laughs> no, again, I think I've said enough good things about it. I know, it. but when you and I watched it. You'd... It was a slog to watch. Yeah. But again, like when you pinpoint all of these good things and you think about it and you analyze it, then you're like, wow, it was a better episode than I thought it was. Yeah. So. I mean, I kind of have that same opinion. I don't think I'm going to end up giving it a B plus, but it could, I mean, you know, it's, it sounds like damning with faint praise and I don't mean it that way, but it could have been worse. Yeah. Because when just that plot of putting two characters in a really depressing setting of yeah. a prison where there's no hope of escape and yeah. no one in there is likable. Right. Um, yeah. And and then, the, yeah, like I say, the B plot isn't really much. And it's and not, yeah. Then, the villain is just a cartoon villain. Uh-huh. Then, yeah, but, it, but something made it better than what it. Could I think have. it's the friendship of Tom Paris and Harry Kim. Well, so there's, but there's my thing. Is so this is why I, I I was looking forward to doing this podcast because it's always easy when I know why I don't really like an episode <laughs> that much. Uh, it makes it a lot easier to talk about it, uh-huh. and I think that the problem is that I don't. I, I, You're not a big fan of yeah. Those are probably two my two least favorite characters, unless. Neelix is in there somewhere too. Like yeah. it's like there's nine characters on the show and there's like tiers mm-hmm. and they are in that bot they're in the last tier. They're yeah. in the bottom tier. All three of those guys. Yeah. And so two of the so two of them were involved in this episode heavily. Yeah. Um and you don't really see it very much of anybody else. No, exactly. Even in the B plot, it was just very much like, oh, trying to navigate this. Yeah, it's mostly Janeway, which yeah. is which is cool because I like Janeway. Yeah. But um um, but also then the other thing is I never like an episode where the characters are acting out of character, like because of some influence thing, you know, like they're Outside naked time and they're naked yeah. now and those types of things. Yeah. They're yeah. under, they're under the influence of some kind of a chemical clamp. or something, yeah. or in this case, the clamp, those, ne- those episodes never really, um, compel you. Yeah. So you take two characters I don't two of my least favorite characters on the show and then have them acting worse when I already don't really like them that much. (laughs) And it's not going to be very enjoyable for me. So like, so what I'm saying is if you take this exact same plot, but you do, um, I don't know, because there aren't really too many other like good friends like that. But I guess if you did Tuvok and Janeway or Chakotay and Torres, these are characters that who I like more. And then I'd probably like the episode a whole lot more. Right. The other thing is, um, and this is kind of cheating because I read Memory Alpha, but then it's like, oh, that makes a whole lot of sense. So the I, they they wanted to do a 
prison episode, mm -hmm. like the producers or whatever. And so, um, and to show, like, I guess specifically, like, Harry, Harry Kim having to, like, wrestle with his humanity and, like, uh -huh. cling to his humanity, yeah. right? And, but the one writer, uh, <laughs> Kenneth Biller, immediately recognized that, like, anytime he's ever watched a movie or a TV show about um, someone's time in prison, like, with that same theme of retaining your humanity, the thing is, like, they lose their humanity over a long period of time in captivity. Right. And they didn't, they, they didn't have that the luxury on this that. show, no. so then they invent the clamp. But once you have the clamp, then it's not that he's losing his humanity, it's that it's right. been taken it's from, from him, him, which is different. Yeah, that's true. And it's like, yeah, I guess that it, I would have never articulated it that in right. that way, but that yeah. is the thing. Like there mm -hmm. was, we don't find anything else about anything out about Harry Kim that we didn't already know. No, yeah, we, we just found out that the clamp sucks. Yeah, <laughs> so that's not that's as true. compelling as what it could have been. You yeah. Know? So, um, I mean, you gave I think all the positives that I would also give. Right. But I, but I wanted to make sure to mention those, those, um, like drawbacks about the episode. Yeah. To because yeah, your B plus is totally. I mean, all your grades are valid, but you know what Thank I mean. You. Like, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. I approve your grade. I give your B plus an A minus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um. But I can't get to B plus because of those reasons. reasons. Correct. And yeah. so I, I, I'll say a, I'm gonna say C plus. Oh. Okay. Yeah, like a high C plus though. Like I almost want to say B minus. Oh uh, yeah. High C plus. Okay. High C plus. Tell us what you think about this episode on Twitter using the hashtag DisplacedInSpace. Our Twitter handle is at DisplacedCast. You can also find us on Instagram or Facebook at DisplacedInSpacePodcast. And our email is DisplacedInSpacePodcast at gmail.com. All of this and more can be found on our website, DisplacedInSpace.com. And if you'd like to make the podcast better and stronger, the site has links to Venmo and PayPal. And finally... If you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to subscribe, leave a review wherever you're listening, and tell a friend. And until next time, podcast, podcast out! out.